Hey, are you looking to grow your business in a way that you've always had this idea in your head and you just haven't found the right way to execute it? This next guest is someone who has had an idea bounced around his head. He's done work for other companies. He's done a lot of work uh, as an employee at other places aligned with what his business is now, but it took him a while to pull the trigger. And when he finally did, he saw amazing growth and is looking at a potential exit in the next 12 months. This man today is Al Fard, and he has a company called Create Ape. Create Ape is, is awesome. It is a, is a fascinating creative agency. They focus on UX, UI, and, uh, and, and I love the journey that he's taken in growing and scaling his company. We've talked several times prior to this podcast, and it is someone that I've done professional work with, and I absolutely am inspired every time I talk to the guy. And I know that his interview today is going to inspire you. If you have been someone who has put off your launch, put off going off on your own, and are needing some inspiration, this is the episode for you. Al has done a great job, and he's going to share his story of what he's done, how he did it. He's going to share a lot about the challenges that he's faced and the amazing rewards that he's received from just going out and executing. So I hope you get you capture something amazing from this interview. I know that for me, it was inspiring and I absolutely love this man, the company and everything they stand for. And, uh, and I would encourage you to look at this as an example of a good way to run and exit. And, and also as someone who you may look forward to doing some work with as you go out and try to grow and scale your business. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Growth and Scaling Podcast. This is your host, Todd Westra, and I am so glad you're here today because we are going to interview an amazing founder or executive who is going to share with us their decisions that they made that exploded their growth. So if you need some inspiration, you want to hear how other businesses are doing it, this is a place to be and we are glad you're here. Enjoy this episode. Today, you are going to love the guest we've got on. He's going to talk about growth and scaling in a very creative way and uh, and give us an update on where he's moving, what he's doing with his business, and how he's been growing and scaling. So without further ado, please tell us who you are and what you do. Well, uh, thanks, Todd. So my name is Alessandro Fard. I am a, uh, honestly, I'm a UX designer. At the end of the day, that's what I am. But I also happen to be a founder of a full service UX UI agency. Um, and what we basically do is uh, everything under the umbrella of user experience design and development. That's pretty much what we do day in and day out. Okay. What does that mean to somebody who doesn't know what UX is? Good, good question. So what is UX? So, you know, it's funny. When I first got into this uh, space 22 years ago, uh, there was no such thing as UX. It was just web designer. It was like, oh, you need a web designer. Right. Go find a web designer. Um, back then, right. uh, you know, there was no real thought behind like, well, who is the user? Who's really coming here? What are their challenges? What are they looking for? Who are the personas? That's something that started to evolve as we started to get further and further in the thousands. By the, by I'd say about 2010-ish, you started to see UX formalized into an actual, uh, uh, you know, kind of, kind of media, industry. Yeah, industry that people are focusing on. And, and essentially, 
what user experience is, is, you know, you're an advocate for the user, um, technically, holistically, I'm going to get back to that in a second, but holistically yeah. you're an advocate for the user. So if someone brings you in and they say, Hey, I'm selling apples on my e-commerce store, you'd be like, okay, cool. Let me go look at the data. Let me talk to the actual users that you're selling to find out what they want, what motivates them, what are their pain points? What are their challenges? And then you come back right. and you say, okay, based on all this, here's the design, the architecture for the UI, the user interface, all of these things that we need to design so that when you launch this thing or this product or you redesign it, it's going to be successful. Now, the reason I say right. I, I was going to come back to it is because I get a little bit of hot water from a thought leadership standpoint when it comes to holistic UX. Holistic UX is you're an advocate for the user, period, full stop. Right. What I say is, no, I'm an advocate for the user within the business goals. And that gets me a little bit of hot water because it, it, it is not pure just the user. The user is, is a big part right. of it, but there's the business there too. What does the business want? What is the business trying to achieve? Why do they want to achieve it? Right. Why is that important? Because where you really earn your money uh, is by able to say, hey, your users want this, but you want this and there's a disconnect. <laughs> So how do I make it connect that way so that now yeah. that is the biggest challenge I think in the UX space. And it's what I actually love about UX. I don't, I, when it's easy, it, it's not fun. It's, it's just easy. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is easy. I mean, it's all going to line up, but if the user wants right. to, uh, for example, in you, in, in used car sales, cause I was working at true car for a long time, you know, yeah. they want to shop around. They don't want to submit their information. Right. They only want to submit if they're actually ready to. And even then they probably don't. They'd rather just go and be like, okay, I think I've got the information. I'm going to leave. The business wants you totally. to submit your information right away because they know as soon as that yeah. happens, those dealers are going to be like sharks coming at the user. Well, how do you marry those? Totally. Yeah. So that's a good example of it. Uh, and forgive me for segueing. That's actually, a, yeah. that's a great example. Cause I, I think a lot of people get confused. They say, well, are you an agency? And you're like, yeah, kind of. We, we, but we focus on this. And a lot of people probably get completely lost in that. And even business owners get lost in that. So that, that was a great analogy. Yeah, no, awesome. So, so as you, as you have kind of jumped into this, tell us about your company that you run now. And, and, and I know that this is a, a, you've taken a really, really creative angle on this whole thing. You've got a lot of cool analogies in your business. Tell us about what you've created and, and how it, how it has served the UX, UI, marketplace. Yeah, totally. So, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time. I've had a colorful career uh, working for startups that, you know, were fortunate to actually get to an IPO like TrueCar um, and right. bigger companies too that were more established like uh, Zanga, Farmville, uh, Sony, uh, GSN. And, you know, I would say about within a year or two of my career, I started just doing freelance work. It was just a natural extension of this. And, I, and you know, right. Uh, right. You know, I, I remember anything that came my way, I don't care what it was, print, design, you name it, I would do it. I remember doing this like for like a hundred bucks. I did this like design for a rap album for one of these street artists in Venice Beach, California. And I was just like, yeah, yeah I could do it. And you know, it's stuff like that that I just was doing. And then after about, I'd say 2008, after my son was born, my first born son, I was about 25 at the time, um, I started yeah. getting more interest in it in a more formal way. It wasn't really just like one-off stuff. It was more like I was working full-time, but then on the side, I would have not just like a one-off client. They were clients that were like bigger projects. And I was trying to figure out like, how to right. facilitate this. 
And um, it, I'll be honest, like there was a period there where it was a big challenge uh, because I knew then that eventually I wanted to create a, an agency. The reason I knew that right. is because when I first got out of college, I created an agency, believe it or not. I called it Universe Designs. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clients, no nothing. I made it and I just sat there. And I was just like, okay, I get clients. Yeah. And I was like, I guess I'll go on Craigslist and see who wants to get some work done. And I remember something that my grandfather <laughs> told me. He said, I called him up. He was a, he's a big businessman. He's Italian. So I call him no-no. I was like, hey, no-no. I was like, um, I'm trying to decide whether I want to be an LLC or a, a corporation. What do you think? And I remember him laughing. And he said, go make some money first and then we'll worry about it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, good advice, right? And, I, and I very, right. very quickly, I was like, huh, this is a lot harder than it looks. And then I started working for uh, my first company. My first real job out after college out of Crave Online was uh, GSN, the Game Show Network, which is owned by Sony, which is where I worked with Sony. Cool. And um, cool. as I started to get deeper into my career, you know, there were days where I would come home from work. I would be with my kids, be with my wife, and eventually they'd go to sleep and I get back to work. And I would work till like 12 or one o'clock at night doing this work for yeah, clients because yeah. I knew that there was going to be, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel one day. One day this would turn into something. And I would say, right. uh, I remember when I was living in Century City, we had a two bedroom apartment and I converted the closet. You could barely walk in, but you could walk in and sit. I converted it into a little office for me just so I had a place to be able to do that. <laughs> and so fast forward right. until about 2013, 2014, I had just left lynda.com, uh, which had bought, been bought by LinkedIn. And uh, my right. true car had an IPO, so my I, my true car stock was now worth a decent chunk. And I took a step back. And said, hey, awesome. Do, what should I do? My wife said, "Why don't you Why don't you just give this a like, give it a shot, like just do it full time." And it's interesting because I had right. just moved to Orange County to work for Kelly Blue Book, and they they, yeah. high, they like heavily misrepresented the actual like job opportunity. Like they made it sound like you're working for Google. <laughs> And I got in there and they're like, well, they miss, they, they make a living misrepresenting the value of a car. Gosh, so I, seriously, I, why does that surprise you? I was like, oh my God. Like <laughs> the moment, so the last straw for me, I was there for almost a month. And the last straw was you have to wear a collared t-shirt, a button up t-shirt with a tie. And you have to wear, you can't wear your hat. And as, as a creative, as a tech person, like that's not what you do. Yeah. don't do that. And so the moment they right. said that, I looked right. at them and was like, okay. I was like, I quit. I was like. <laughs> I was like, that's it. Where do you want me to get my computer? And and that was it. There was other things too. They had they had made it sound like I could work remotely because my wife needed extra help at home with right. the kids. And so and that was just swept out of the way. And so I was about to go look for another job. I was like, no, go do your own thing. And I already had a client that was paying me a decent amount of money every month. I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. Boom. From that moment right. on, we were off to the races. And in 2016, I formally started using CreateAve. Uh, I had registered the domain for CreateAve in 2011, just thinking, hey, that's cool. That could be cool one day. And I started using it in 2016, and now here we are. And CreateAve now is awesome. 55 plus people. Uh, we have you know, a lot of expertise around not just user experience design, but research, ideation, commercialization, right. development. And the journey has been definitely challenging at times but incredibly rewarding yeah. at the same time. Because deep down at the end of the day, when people say, hey, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a designer. I'm still a designer, even though I'm a founder right. and a CEO, and you know, I wear a lot of different hats. I, I still, at the end of the day, think right. of myself as a UX designer. It's what I do, it's what I'm passionate about. It's awesome. So so of, of all the rewarding things that have happened on that, on that journey since 2016, what would you say has been your favorite part of that success journey? 
I think that there are probably two things that stand out. Well, three, three things that stand out to me that are that uh, was my favorite part. Number one was the first year that we made over seven figures in, in income and revenue, gross revenue. Because right. That, to me, like, that is an exciting. That year. was like, I was like, I remember going to my wife and I was like, "Hey, babe," she was like, "What? Well, we've been we've been married for twenty two, no more, like twenty four years now. We've been together. I, I, we nice. dated in high school. Uh, she she dumped me in tenth grade and then we uh, we got back." <laughs> Uh, I remember going to awesome. Like, hey, she was like, "What?" I was like, "Guess how much money Create made uh, this year?" And she was like, "What?" I was like, "Over a million dollars, like just over that." And for both of us, we were like, "Whoa!" Like that validated Whoa. like this was the thing that we should do because I always was like, "Well, is this gonna work?" And so that made me take a step. Yeah, this not only is working, it can continue to work. It can continue to grow. So that right. was really exciting. Right. I think another thing that was really exciting is when we started getting bigger companies come to us for things that it wasn't just startups or companies that you didn't know. These were fortune 500 right. companies. I remember when Abbott technologies came to us through an introduction from someone right. with, and we started working with them. I was like, Holy crap, this is Abbott technology. They do the COVID test. They're like 70,000 employees and we're working. With them. That's awesome. So that was a really big deal. And then the last one, this is kind of a, a double edged sword because people ask me like, Hey, what, what's the hardest thing about, Doing, what was yeah. the hardest thing you ever did? And I, I would say the hardest thing that I ever did was grow from 10 full-time people to 20 full-time people. The flip side of that was actually getting past that was a huge accomplishment. And and the, okay. the reason that it was so hard is because you can yeah. fake a lot of things when you're below 10. Right. You can fake it. You can take on me. Oh, yeah. I can take on a lot more of the, the work. I can wear many hats. But at t once you go past 10, you now have enough work where you can't do it. You have to have a, yeah. and now you have to be a good manager. You have to really start looking at things like, wait a second. Okay. 1099 W2, the HR totally. policies. And then as you just continue to scale, how do you make it not only sustainable because sustainable growth, I think was one of the harder things, believe it or not in this last year, we grew for sure. But the other part of it is how do you keep quality? Like there's a reason people come to us. There's yeah. a people, reason people refer us. And if I can't keep that quality, that that level of of uh, you know distinction that that sets us apart, then then it's not going to anything. Right. So going from ten to twenty right. was the hardest thing because that's where you 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 earn it. You really earn it. You learn at that point. You're in the trenches. And as you get out of I that, you turn around and go, holy crap! And then once you go from ten to twenty, going from twenty to thirty, easy. It was easy at that point. Yep. Um, I am, however, yep. noticing that there's another threshold. There's we're starting to get as we're starting to get into 60 to let's say 70. I'm noticing some more pain points where I'm like, okay, it's not hurting me as much, that's, but the organization as a whole has to grow up a little bit more. That's interesting that you say that. I, I found the same thing. You know, uh, I, I grew a business one time to about 350 employees, and and I found that it is the exact same thing. For me, it was between 20 and 30 was the hard challenge. And then and then again at like 60 to 70, and that was like a completely different business than it was at 20 to 30. And then and then I, and then it, it was another thing at 150. Like that was like, okay, now I've got multiple organizations right. within one or and it gets crazy. Yeah. It gets but but I, I love that you said that because I think that um, there's a lot of people in that in that mode where they're going from you know, at startup, you need a bunch of generalists. You need people that can just kind of wear any hat that you need at the time and you need them to go there. 
And then they kind of need to jump into meeting a specialist. And sometimes you got to get rid of some people because they can't focus on one thing. Yep. And that's a painful, that is a big challenge. It's a big challenge. What, what advice do you give to those listening who are sitting there going, all right, I want to grow and scale my business, but I'm really nervous to get to that 20, 20 to 30 mark or that 15 to 20, wherever yeah. that point okay, is. I've got, I've got probably four things I can give. Um, yeah, hit first it. First is plan. And I don't mean just uh, duh, planning. I mean like every day, what has helped me tremendously, even to this day, every morning I sit down and I think, what do I want to accomplish today? Now I have right. my year goals, my quarterly goals, my monthly sure. goals, but what is my, what, like, what am I going to get done today? What is my like, absolutely, right. I got to get this done. And then this is my stretch. This is where I'm like, if I have it in me, if I can get through all of this, and I can be with my kids right. and my family and exercise and pull all the ropes. What can I do? Right. Can I get this done? That has been huge for me. It's revolutionized things because when you don't do that, we all know how quickly the day just goes. And we look back and go like, what happened? Oh yeah. It was like nine o'clock. Yeah. Now it's five o'clock and I'm being called to dinner. <laughs> what am I? What's yeah, on? totally. So, so, um, so that would be number one. Planning is huge. Um, and if you do it daily, at, at a granular level, along with your bigger yeah. planning, obviously, it, it will revolutionize right. what you do. You will be amazed at the end of each week. You're like, oh my gosh, I killed it this week. And do you do that? Do you do that in the morning? Do you do it the night before? Like, what, well, what's your what's I, your golden I, hour of planning? I usually do it in the morning. The reason is, is I wake up in the morning. Um, I kind of have my morning routine. You know, I, I brush my teeth, yeah. shower, all that stuff, and then I actually sit down uh, in a quiet spot and I just start stretching. I just so I I've been doing um. I haven't been doing it lately just because some injuries, but jiu-jitsu has, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it's, uh, you know, I've had to do uh, stretching. Nice. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, by the way, has taught me a lot, which I can get into later at some point. Cool. There's some really good life lessons there, but I'll do stretching. And as I'm stretching, I got my phone with me and I'll just open up Notepad and just be like, all right, what are we going to do today? I'll look at what I did yesterday. What did I get done? What did I right. not? And I got to be honest, like, hey, I didn't do that. And then I think, what do today? <laughs> so that's generally when I do it. However... I have noticed that at night, just before bed, I'll start thinking of things. I get ideas. So I yeah. actually keep a batch of three uh, by five note cards and a pen right by my dresser. Awesome. Where I can just turn on a light real quick, write down whatever it is and leave it there. And then I pick it up in the morning and I'll incorporate it into my daily goal. Love it. So yeah. I love it. That's, a, that's awesome yeah. advice. That's really good advice. Um, the next one is huh. uh, be flexible. And that may again sound obvious, but if you are not flexible, you will break. I want you to let that sink in. Whoever's listening to this, if you're not flexible, you will break, bend, be flexible. By the yeah. way, that's a jujitsu lesson. Be flexible, be fluid, right? If you're not, you're going to break. And that applies to your business. Uh, you know, sometimes you're going to run yeah. into a wall. You need to pivot, be flexible, be pivot, get out of there, right? Don't stay rigid, right? Um, right. If, if you're relaxed, you can roll with it, right? In jujitsu, if you're tensed up like this, you're going to break, you're going to get hurt. Stay sure. Loose sure. And you apply strength when you need to, you're going to be able to advance and ideally come up, come out on top. Um, so being flexible, I think it. is huge and, and apply it, not just to your business, but your personal life, right? Like, oh, well I had to get this, this, and this done today. Ergo, I'm not going to do my, I'm not going to spend time with my family or I'm not going to exercise or I'm just going to grab McDonald's. No, don't do that. Stick to the plan, right? Like go exercise. Yeah. Trust me, your inbox will always be full. It'll never be empty, so don't even worry about it. Don't even try, right? <laughs> right. right? Like, just right. get done what you need to get done today, 
and then be flexible. If there's a thing where it's like, well, I really need to get this done, but this would be a nice to have, don't do the nice to have. Go take a walk in the park. Totally. It's, it's worth it, trust me. Because at the end of the day, why are you doing yep. this to begin with? There's no point in, I, I, one of the pastors I like, he says, it's hilarious. We spend the first part of our life sacrificing our health to gain money. And then we spend the next part of our life sacrificing money to gain our health back, right? Like, <laughs> totally, don't do it. Um, so be flexible. I like that. The next one yeah. is um, stay positive. Again, this is yeah. for entrepreneurs. This is super tough because entrepreneurs, you find it's like feast or famine, right? Like it's just like uh, I think Elon Musk said it. It, it, be, it is the most incredible of highs and the most incredible of lows, right? Like, but what I have found that helps to mitigate that is be positive. There is always a silver lining, right? And you know, right. sometimes it's, Hey, my family, or sometimes it's, you know, going out on a walk or whatever. I remember when COVID happened, it was hitting me pretty hard. And I started doing meditating just outside, just mindfulness, nothing crazy not like sitting yeah. with, you know, like a monk or anything like that, but just, just right. taking right, like three right. to five minutes, deep breathing, breathing and, yeah. and focus on what's going on around me. And I just started smiling every time I looked at the sky and the birds and everything. I was like, this is really cool. And it, it yeah. was a huge way for me to stay positive. And it started to bake into my work where, you know, a client issue would come up or, you know, something would happen. And I'd be like, okay, no worries, guys. Like, we can figure this out. Like, you know, even when it's dire, there's always a way to be positive. Like, well, hey, you know what? We're going to learn from it. And Love it. In jiu-jitsu, they say that you don't, you don't, there's no losing. You either win or you learn. And that, that's the same thing. With right. That's an analogy for being positive. Um, and then the last one I would say is <laughs> seek advice. Man, I had, there was no playbook a lot of times for you specifically what you're going through. I didn't really have- Almost yeah, never. I didn't have a lot of people that would be like, oh, I've, I've done an agency already. Um, it's funny, our, our yeah. CTO, Tim, he has a separate uh, agency for development that he he uh, runs. And he, he happens to be my brother-in-law. And he's he's seen my entire uh, uh, career from, from the beginning to this point. And he told me the other day, right. he was like, it's hilarious how much I've watched the, the things that you run into and have been able to not have that happen to me because I, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, because I was watching you. Like, You're lucky, man. <laughs> I wish I had had that. So, you know, um, no you know I, I would say, you know, definitely like keep, uh, um, you know, keep people around you, that you can like talk to even if they're not even doing what you're doing just having other entrepreneurs you can be like hey what do you guys think having that kind of support group i think is huge and you know i, I would probably just close on on you know the whole idea of you know take your shot right like i think it was wayne gretzky said, like right. you miss 100 of the shots you don't take take your shot totally you're 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 never gonna regret taking your shot you will always regret not taking your shot so take your shot Love Whatever it. it may be, take your shot, you know? So that's it. That's my advice for, for all y'all listening. Uh, that's it. That is four amazing pieces of advice right there. That I, I think I think it's so relevant, so relevant for anyone out there who's who's trying to figure out what it takes to scale a business. What do I need to start the business? What, you know, you know, there's so many businesses that start though. And, and there's so many businesses that they get stuck in the launch and they're like, ah, crap, screw it. And they just go back and get yeah. a job. You know, once you've gotten to that point and, and you, you've launched and you're seeing revenue come in and you're kind of seeing things happen, you know, do you, do you, is there someone in your circle that you've looked at that you're like, dude, every time I'd hit some big challenge in my business, I kind of look at them and they inspired me. They, they gave me that advice. 
I love to give shout outs on the show. Is there someone you want to shout out today that, that has kind of been that person for you? Yeah, I think he'd probably be surprised to hear this because uh, we don't actually talk that often. He helped me out early on in my yeah. uh, career with something that I was working on. And we've kind of stayed in touch off and on. But um, there's a guy named Jonathan Dane, who is the founder of Client Boost. Um, and, you know, uh -huh. he scaled his business a lot, right? Like it had, it is a, an enormous amount. I've, I've kind of watched his, uh, his awesome. growth and, you know, it's, it's been incredible, like huge growth. And, you know, there's just things that I follow him. He posts things at times and, you know, every now and then we'll chat, like we'll message each other or something like that. Um, and I remember early on, there was this one period where I kind of was coming to him to be like, Hey, can you send me some clients? Like that wasn't how I said it. That, right. that was the gist of it. I was trying to fit. Right. And he was be he he said something to me, something along the lines of I'm not trying to recall it, but it was kinda like in a nice way, he was like, No. He was like, If I do that, it'll be really easy for you, man. Like, like, trust me, like go through this growth. <laughs> like go through this growth that you're going through because you're gonna learn a ton from it. He was right. Because he he literally, yeah. like, you know, he could have sent a ton of design work my way. Um uh, and, right. and it was it was right. actually a really interesting uh, experience. So, yeah, he would be someone that I would probably shout out to and just say, you know, I, I watch him and, you know, I'm sure he gets this all the time from other people. But, you know, that, that's yeah. someone who comes to mind right away. That's rad. That's really cool. Well, dude, I, I really appreciate the time you've taken today. Um, there's so many people out there struggling to figure out what it what their next step is. And uh I love, I love what you've been doing. I love your business. Uh, we've collaborated on a few things in the past couple of months. And I just, every time I think about what you're up to, it does inspire and motivate me. And I'm confident it's going to inspire and motivate someone else out there. So thanks so much for taking the time today. And uh, we wish you the best moving forward, man. Thank you guys. Awesome. Well, what did you think? I love that interview. I, I think uh, that's definitely one that I'm going to re-listen to again and again because there's so much meat in there. Uh, a lot of my guests don't come as prepared as he did to share some amazing insights and share some experiences that he feels like he wished he would have had going into his business. So if you know someone who is needing some guidance, who needs a mentor, who needs to know that they are not alone in their business and growth, uh, in their growth and scaling opportunities, Check out this episode, share it with someone who needs it, and let's get more people on their path to know what it takes to scale their business. We hope you enjoyed. 